Recorded live. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank and praise God for this day. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We say that the Lord is good. The Bible says in Psalms 34 and 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man, amen, that trusteth in him. I tell you, that's a powerful little verse of scripture there. It carries all of heaven in it. It carries the weight of God himself in it. So I tell you, we thank and praise God for this day. We just thank and praise God for the word of God, amen, because the word of God is right. The word of God is sure. The word of God don't make no mistakes. Most of all, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Isn't that something? Oh, God. God, I love you, Jesus. The word of God will not change based upon my circumstance, your circumstance, your desires, your will, or somebody else's influence. Isn't God a good God? I tell you, we serve an awesome God, people of God. We serve an awesome God. A God that knows everything. He sees all. He hears all. You need to hear me tonight because we serve a God that knows the very intent of the heart of everyone. My my heart, your heart, your husband's heart, your wife's heart, your children's heart. Get this, even the heart of the unborn child. Glory to God. God is even, he's even acquainted with that, the intents of that little one's heart, if there be any. So we just thank and praise God for you tuning in with us tonight because I tell you, the Lord is getting ready to, amen, to finalize our little study, our little series of our study tonight. But we do offer this this study, amen, and if anybody desires to have us to come to their ministry, amen, and teach on marriage the Lord's way, amen. And we know that the Lord will give us more revelation, more wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of his word, amen. So, amen, if you need somebody to come in, amen, contact us, Personal Touch International Ministry, Apostle Tracy Robinson, amen, and we will be there. We will be there, amen, to give you the heart of God in marriage the Lord's way. Truly, we thank and praise God for you tuning in tonight. Amen. This is the men's online study, but it's the men and the women because God has given us a study for the past few weeks now on marriage his way. Amen. And so tonight we're going to talk about marriage the Lord's way, the beautiful portrait. Amen. This is part six. So we've been doing it now for about, I would say, about, what, six weeks now. And so but we're going to talk about the beautiful portrait tonight. That's that picture painted by God. God is the painter, amen, of every marriage. He's the painter of our lives, amen, as well as being the potter, amen, that puts us on the wheel to make us according to his will. He's also a painter. He's an architect. 
I'm telling you, we serve a God that he says, I am that I am. When he says, I am that I am, that means he be he can be whatever he desires to be in your situation. Amen. In your circumstance. So we just thank and praise God and we pray. Amen, that the word of God that is heard tonight, amen, that's recorded, that even if you can't join in with us, that you will be able to go back and listen to the recording, amen, because we do believe that God has something to say. We do believe that God has put a word in our mouth, and we do believe that it's a right now word for such a time as this, amen. So we want to talk about marriage the Lord's way, the beautiful poetry. Amen. And we 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 start out by just saying that marriage on the earth, amen, our marriages on this earth should portray the will of God in an agreement to do his word, his will, and his way incorporated into the vows that we made in holy matrimony. Isn't that something? So in other words, God got in it from the very beginning. He got in it before we even knew that we were going to marry one another. Amen. He was already incorporating his will into that marriage. I tell you, we serve a mighty God because, see, we have to understand how and why God does the things that he do. Amen. We may not understand everything while we're living on this earth, but I do believe that one day he's going to allow us to know why he did everything good and perfect in his sight, though we may find it being a little harsh and rough at times on our end, in our sight, but we're going to find out in the long run, amen, if not soon why God has done the things that he's done. Why did God incorporate marriage? Amen. We know that in the garden, in the Garden of Eden, he said it is not, man should not be alone. So he created woman from man. Amen. So that was the institution of marriage right there. Amen. That was the very beginning of marriage. Amen. And we know according to the world and and its ways and what they portray marriage as being, okay, the painting that they painted, trust me, is is a deception. It is not of God. The way the world, the flesh, and the devil has painted the portrait of marriage is not of God. Amen. So we need to know that and we need to understand that. So if we're practicing the rituals and practicing the inheritances, practicing the will of our flesh in our marriage, guess what? That's not of God. That's why we need to study the Word to find out what the Word of God, the written Word of God is saying to us in our situation. Amen. We talked about that last night in the study, the spoken word, amen, and how the written word must be obeyed, must be followed and guided and led by that written word that's already written in order for us to receive the spoken word from the Lord. Amen. But anyway, we're talking about marriage the Lord's way, the beautiful portrait, amen, part six. This is our final lesson on this. A marriage, we said, amen, according to the word of God on earth, should be portrayed of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ should be the center of that marriage. 
The bridegroom, he is the bridegroom, and the church is the bride. The church should exemplify all of her beauty in the word of God. Get that now. The church, that's me and you. We are the church. We are the body of unified believers that make up the church. And we should exemplify all of the beauty, amen, of the word of God on this earth. Our adorning, our ornaments, our smell, our scent, our fragrance, if you want to call it that, amen, is the word of God. Hallelujah. The bridegroom will appear in his adorning, which is the word of God. Amen. The tux that he put on will be the word of God. The suit that he wears will be the word of God. Amen. Jesus Christ is the head of the body of unified believers joined together in one mind, one spirit, one soul, and even this body. The church is built from the divine revelation. We need to know where the church come in at. Amen. The church is built upon the divine revelation, amen, made by Peter, Simon Peter. Jesus spoke and said to his disciple, who do men say that I am? Well, Peter had the revelation, and he had it from a spiritual knowledge, not from no, not from no, um, nothing he heard, and not from nothing he just thought of. But the Spirit of the Lord revealed it to him, the same as He reveals to us the importance of marriage on this earth to Him. Peter's name meant rock. Peter's confession is what Jesus Christ built the church, His church upon. He said that his church, amen, he would build it upon that confession. And he said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The beauty of matrimony should be just like utopia here on this earth. We should experience our in marriage like a heavenly setting in our homes. When we're together, when we're outside of our homes, when we're in the house of prayer, amen. We're not, and I don't mean putting putting on no form, uh, no makeshift and no lies. I'm talking about peace, life, godliness, health, love, joy. I'm talking about exemplifying Christ Jesus in our marriage as the church is being perfected as his bride. That's what we should be doing. The beauty of matrimony. Is like utopia on this earth, as the will of God is incorporated from the bedroom to the house of prayer. That's right. The word of God, the will of God, should even be in the bedroom. Amen. And if you never experienced it, you need to ask God why. You need to ask God to help you in that area. Marriage incorporated with the will and the spirit of God is free. That's a free marriage. It's free from the cares of this world, the flesh, and the devil. And that includes our flesh. It's free from all those things. Marriage incorporated with the word, will, and the way of God through his son Jesus acknowledges God. 
in all of its ways. It acknowledges God as being its sole source in communication and in prayer. And whatever marital problem there is, it is presented to the Lord God first. Amen. In prayer. I'm trying to tell you tonight, marriage the Lord's way is a beautiful portrait that God himself has painted. The church's spiritual foundation is the declaration of faith made by Jesus when he said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Along with that, get this, along with that, he gave the keys to the kingdom of heaven to bind on earth that which was already bound in heaven and to loose on earth what was already loosed in heaven. St. Matthew 16 and 15 through 9. This is the power of the church today in the will of God in spirit and in truth. This ain't no power now of no pretense. This ain't no power of no form of godliness. This is, the, this is Christ Jesus' authority given to the church, his bride. This is that same power that marriage the Lord's way has and will and can experience in spirit and in truth doing it the Lord's way. Your marriage, our marriage, has been given the same keys to bind and loose whatever or whoever tries to come against what God has joined together. Come on, somebody. We got to understand and know the power that we possess. <clears throat> Are there any questions or any comments? Amen. Do we as a church possess this kind of power and authority down here on this earth? Or are we too busy whoring around committing spiritual adultery? Or does our marriage possess this kind of power? Or are we too busy discussing our marriage outside of the will of God so that we can obtain influence from others outside of the will of God? The church, the church is a spiritual temple adopted into the household of God and is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building is fitly framed together, fitly joined together to grow into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom we in marriage, have that same, same opportunity. We have that, we experience that same, same opportunity. We are that holy temple in marriage, displaying righteousness in God, displaying that portrait that God has painted. I tell you, we're going somewhere here. Ephesians 2 and 20 through 22 talks about that holy temple, talks about the church being a spiritual temple. 
In your marriage, have you sought the Lord and asked him to reveal to you the hidden mystery of your calling in him, husband, wife? Have you sought the Lord and asked him to reveal to you the hidden mystery of your calling in him, in marriage, to represent the Lord Jesus Christ and the church on this earth? Have you even thought about your marriage being a part of ministry that you've been called into? Have you ever considered that God knows what he's doing, that he knew how to formulate, he knew how to calculate, he knew how to bring together from the north, from the south, the east and the west, those that he wanted to join together as one? Have you considered that? Has it been revealed to you? Have you even asked God how you can represent Christ Jesus and the church through your marriage on this earth? Men and women, we don't honor, you're not honoring or reverencing the word of God in love and reverential fear by disobeying the word of God in marriage toward one another trying to find an alternative to the will of God in you and your marriage is not honored by God or his word. The word of God teaches us that a little leaven leavens out the whole lump. In other words, other influences that we encounter, that we engage in, that we use in our flesh to try to avoid and hinder and disobey God's will because we're looking for another way out or we looking for something that's going to comfort us in our flesh. Leaven is any influence or addition that causes general change or modification of the whole. That's something that has come in to try and change the order of God. That has come in to try and change the very will of God in your marriage. A little leaven is what we are calling. <laughs> we thank the Lord for that. Are there any questions, any comments? <coughs> <coughs> Amen. Marriage as tradition and religion and the world portrays is like a beautiful package decorated on the outside with the finest beauty of adornments and arrangements on the outside. You know how you've seen these beautiful packages, and sometimes you get a package, and, and if it's Beautifully adorned, you always have in your mind, this package is so pretty, I don't even want to open it. It's so beautiful that the, the wrappings, the way it's wrapped and the, the way the bow is tied and the, the way the color of the paper, you know, fits in with the ribbon and all that kind of stuff. You, you'll be like, it's so beautiful, I don't even want to open this. <laughs> but on the end, Inside of that beautiful package is a torn, scorned, lied to, disrespected, mistreated, disappointed, weary, and lost, spoiled, full of hatred of the past, self, and others, 
hard-hearted, judgmental, disobedient, jealousy, and we could go on and on in a husband and a wife that have been joined together and have entered into the presence of the Lord through the vows that they made in agreement. And we allowed God to come into that vow to make a covenant with him as one. Isn't that something? A beautiful package that's full of all of that junk. But yet God joined them together in holy matrimony. God joins people together because he knows and he believes that he can work all of those things out and allow them to work together for his good. Come on, somebody. Marriage, according to tradition and religion, as the world portrays it, is like a beautiful package. It's a package that you don't even want to open because it's so beautiful. It's fine. It looks good on the outside. You know how your husband looked. You know how your wife looked at one time. Amen. You will you say that she's so fine. I just want to take her home with me. She just looks so good. I got to have her. And you know how you know how you look when that man came in your life. I tell you, he got swag. <laughs> he walked with a purpose. He walked with an authority. I mean, he was clean cut. He just I mean, everything about him was on time. Well, Christ Jesus has come into marriage through covenant and the word of God to destroy the will of two as he makes them into one for his glory. Isn't that something? Only the Lord God can be the one to open up that package, that beautiful package, amen, and begin to destroy that torn, that scorn, that jealousy, that lied to, that disrespect, that disappointment, hallelujah, that weary and lostness. Only God is authorized to open up that package whenever two come together as being one in his sight. Come on, somebody. Only God, amen is the one that's that's able to open up that package and begin to undo, unravel, renew, regenerate, make over, hallelujah, that which is in that package that has been destined to be spoiled after a certain period of time. Time and tolerance does not make a marriage into the beautiful portrait that it is to be by the word of God. Years spent in a marriage without the guidance and instructions of the Lord is a form of marriage, using time and circumstances to justify its existence, its endurance, and duration. You know, you got a lot of people that's been married for 50 years, some going on 60 years, and still are alive. But I wonder if they really could tell the story, if they would really tell the truth about that marriage, could they or would they be able to tell you that we started out as a beautiful package, but on the inside, when God began to unravel us, when God began to open up that beautiful package, 
that we began to, he began to see things that was not of his will. And love began its test. Come on, somebody. Love had to begin its test in what God had joined together, in what God had brought together to be one. Are there any questions or any comments? Amen. Marriage, the Lord's way, gives life. It gives health and godliness. And that is great gain. Not the accomplishments of our hands. Not that which we so intelligently know. Not that because we got a good job. Not that because of what we have accomplished over the years according to our hands. But life, health, and godliness. The Lord's way. That is great gain. And it's priceless. We all have a cross to bear, people. We are married. Whether you're married or whether you're single, you too have a cross to bear. And there's no getting around it when you make Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior in your life. As he becomes Lord and Savior in your life, he also becomes Lord and Savior in your marriage. See, there's no, there's no guidelines or no limits set for the will of God in your life. If he can't have all of you, he don't want none of you. And he's not for what you give him. He's going to settle only for all of that that he requires. We all have a cross to bear. Jesus spoke in St. Matthew 16 and 24 through 25, saying, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And the scripture goes on from there and says, but what the, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? But see, we use that on, in the context of marriage tonight. Are you willing to take up the cross of marriage in your life? In marriage, we, have, we all have a cross to bear, and it starts with the uniting of two into one bringing you together to begin to perfect you, to make you as being one in spirit, one in mind, one in soul, and one in body. Love is a cross-bearing experience. Love is the same cross that Jesus carried for all of us. Christ Jesus' love constrained us because when he died, he died for all. His love, which is a part of our inheritance and salvation, stood the test of our cross. Our cross is this. You use your marriage to evaluate your cross. But this is my cross. Jesus carried the cross. He carried the weight of all the sin of all mankind. He carried the weight of the world and its sin. 
That's including the government and everybody else. Jesus Christ carried that to Calvary's cross. But love is what stood the test in him. Love had to come against his will. Love had to come against his way, his thoughts. Love had to come against his ideals. Love had to come against his nevertheless. Love had to come against everything, and and he had to take on the will of God to be able to say, I do that always which pleases the Father. No matter how much they whip me, no matter how much they beat me, no matter how much they ridicule me, they scorn me, they spit on me, love has to be able to stand the test. Well, I'm here to tell you, in marriage, we have a cross to bear in marriage. And love has to stand that same test in marriage. Because, see, if love is not the foundation of that marriage, only thing you have is a form of marriage. You have what the world has. You have something because two people came together because of a mutual concern. But time and circumstance will cause that, that situation or that coming together as being null and void. That's why love has to be the the foundation. Love has to be the materials used to build upon that foundation. When you come together, when God joins you together in holy matrimony, he brings together all of that package. He don't clean that package up. He brings it and he presents it as a beautiful package. He puts the love in your heart for that spouse or for that or for that wife or spouse covers both of them he puts the love in you for that person but yet you have to carry the cross of that love the bible teaches us we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak so when one is weak the other one has been made strong to carry that one ah glory to god And see, we know that the woman is the weaker vessel. That's in physical strength. But we're talking about the the spiritual strength of a marriage. We're talking about the spiritual strength of oneness. We're talking about the unity of a marriage. We're talking about the beautiful portrait that God has painted in marriage as he reveals Jesus Christ as being the bridegroom and the church being the wife. And he's adorning and getting all of them ready, everything ready for the ceremony. Whereas we choose to walk together as one, the ones that we choose, that we desire to be the choice of God. We desire them to be the choice of God when we're in the Lord. And we pray and, 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 and hope that we didn't make no mistakes or, the, or that we don't make the wrong mistake in choosing a husband or a wife. But when God begins to make that choice for you, get ready to carry your cross because you got a cross to bear in marriage. Because, see, when God begins to open up that beautiful package, that's so adorned, that's so beautifully adorned on the outside. And he begins to mash and mold and make and squeeze. Hallelujah, God. 
and he begins to take all of this worldly mess out. He begins to get rid of all of the rudiments and the contamination and the debris of both wheels to bring them together as one. Come on, somebody. When God begins to go in and do the surgery like a surgeon, and the same way he did Adam, when he put Adam in a deep sleep, and he began to put both couples now in a deep sleep to begin to make them and mold them into being one. According to his will, that's your cross. That's a marriage cross. That's the cross of your marriage that you must carry. Oh, yeah, and it's bittersweet. Amen. Because, see, no matter what goes on in that marriage, you've got to be able to hold up your end of it so that the other one won't fall. And I tell you, sometimes that thing can get heavy that you just want to let go. But because of that reassurance in knowing that God himself has joined you together, he said that, therefore, whatsoever God, he said, whatsoever, therefore, God has joined together. Let no man put asunder. Well, that no man includes myself. It includes you. We are not supposed to separate, cause a division, cut into pieces that which God has joined together. Because if we did, we need to come up with what Jesus said. Because when the way got hard for him to carry that cross, when the way got hard for him to carry the burden and the sins of all mankind, and when everything began to look negative and dark around him, And even it seemed like the father had forsaken him. He still had to move forward. He still had to go on. But the word says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will will be done. Nevertheless, in my marriage, it's not my will, but thy will will be done. The Lord has blessed us to carry the cross of these marriages because he's put in us. He's given us the endurance of Christ Jesus. He's given us the stamina, the strength of Christ Jesus. That same love that Jesus carried the cross and allowed them to nail him upon that cross. Oh, yes, even in marriage, you get nailed to your cross. Even in marriage, you get accused. You get misused, you get mistreated, you get disrespected, you get put to shame. Oh, but all of that has to be nailed to the cross as you begin to stretch forth your arms like our Father did, like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did. Ah, that's nothing but, because see, when Jesus allowed them to stretch forth his arms to open him up like they did, and then nail his hands to the cross, nail his feet to the cross. He totally surrendered to the will of God that's taking place in his life. So as we spiritually begin to surrender all to the Lord God, surrender all to the choice that God has made in our lives, 
What a cross to bear. But I tell you, love will stand the test. Because, see, when God looks on you and he looks on that marriage, just as he looked on his son Jesus, and he saw the obedience, he saw the humility, he saw the willingness to do his will, he had to make all mankind out of a lie. Because, see, he rose Jesus Christ up. He rose him up from the dead three days later. Well, in that same cross that we're bearing in marriage, God has risen us up and he's rising us up for such a time as this that we will be able to move forward and declare the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus on this earth. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he walked the earth for a couple of more days before he was descended, ascended back to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. And God saying, I'm pleased with you. Does God tell you in your marriage, I'm pleased with you? When all hell is, is loose in your marriage, does God say, I'm still pleased with you? I'm telling you, we got to pick up our cross because, see, we all have a cross to bear. And in marriage, we all have a cross to bear, and it starts with the uniting of two into one. Can you see that beautiful portrait now that God is painting? Can you see your portrait of what God is painting? But most of all, can you see the finished product? of his full painting of the portrait of marriage in you. Because when God finishes his painting, he knows himself, God himself knows that love has stood the test. He knows that there's no turning back. He knows that the, that his will will be incorporated in all things and in everything. He knows that his instructions will be permitted to be so in that marriage. Has your marriage stood the test of love? Has your marriage carried the cross? The cross to endure, the cross to, for it to exist, the cross for Christ Jesus to be able to be glorified on this earth through your marriage. Out of all the hell you've gone through, out of all the things you've had to tolerate and put up with, can Jesus Christ say, well done in that situation? Will he say it or can he say it? Can he say I'm pleased with what you've gone through? Can he say I'm being glorified? I'm being glorified in your disappointment. I'm being glorified in your disrespect. I'm being glorified in your rejection. I'm being glorified in your disappointments. Hallelujah. But love stands the test. Because, see, God will turn up the, the, the furnace of love inside of your heart for your husband, for your wife. He will turn up the love that no matter what they come, that partner comes with, love will be the buffer. Love will take that thing and love will cushion you 
to keep you protected, to keep you in the will of God. Isn't that something? Because, see, God is determined that what he has joined together, (laughs) no matter what it takes, y'all, God is determined that what he has joined together, no man is going to separate it. No man is going to denounce that which he has ordained to be so. So we say tonight as we begin to close, to those, even to those that are contemplating on matrimony, here's what the word of God is saying to you. If you're single, whether you're a virgin or not, ladies, there's a difference between you and the married woman. Why are you trying to live like one before you become one, I don't know. But the unmarried woman should care for the things of the Lord. Your your concern should be the cares of the Lord. That you may be holy both in your body and in your spirit. And you will offer you should offer up your body as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. This is to the single. And ask for help to live a life of celibacy until the Lord sends a husband of his choice to you. Men that are single and unmarried should be caring for the things that belong to the Lord, and that he should be more concerned about how to please God. Mm. He should not be going around sowing his seed, but dedicating himself to a life of celibacy until God tells him where his good thing is. That is his wife. Married women, Paul said that their cares are for the things of this world. But I beg to differ there because, see, my care ain't for the things of this world. But he also said that she that she may please her husband. Now that part I can give. Men that are married, Care for the things he said also that are of the world and how they can please their wife. You'll find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 32 through 34. And that was to the single, single men and women, and even to the married if you didn't know what your purpose was. But in closing... Are there any questions or comments before we close? Amen. In closing, the beauty of this portrait portrayed on this earth is the love of our Father God perfected in and through his son Jesus, the bridegroom showing his sacrificial, unconditional, and undying love for the church, which is the bride. What would have happened if Jesus fell out of love with us? The same way we often say on this earth, well, I just fell out of love with her, or I just fell out of love with him. As so often that we do with one another. What would have happened if Jesus fell out of love with us and said, I'm not carrying this cross? Let them go and do on their own. Let them make their their own sacrifice. Well, nevertheless, that's what Jesus said. Nevertheless, 
not my will, but thy will will be done. What are we saying in our marriage? What are we saying? Are we contacting the, the lawyer? Are we, are we got somebody else consoling us, consoling our ear, and consoling us in body also as some of us? What else are we saying? Other than, nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but thy will will be done. Jesus' Jesus's portrayal of his love for the church shows us a marriage made and prepared by God. Jesus Christ loving the church is the perfect example of how men ought to love their wives and give themselves to the perfecting of their union, just as Christ Jesus gave himself for all and the church, the church, through suffering and sacrificing. Marriage, the Lord's way, is a process of perfection through suffering and long-suffering in order to symbolize Christ Jesus' love and marriage to the church. As it joins us together as one, in one union, with the strength and endurance to show the unconditional love, as we are made into one being to look just like the Father and the Son. Jesus always said that the Father and I are one. He said, when you see me, you've seen the Father. Well, marriage should be the same way. So when you see me, you see my husband. When you see my husband, you see me. This is truly the glory of God personified in a marriage as one. Men and women, Jesus Christ was not ashamed of his bride as he gave himself to her that he may sanctify and cleanse her through and with the washing of God's word and way, in so that he could present her to himself as a glorious church, a bride, a wife, not having a spot or wrinkle, or any other such thing that could contaminate her holiness, which is her spiritual beauty. As we close on this series for now, know that marriage is sacred in the heart of God. This is why what therefore God has joined together for the perfecting of his will on this earth, let no man, nobody, put asunder. Simply meaning don't permit no one to include yourself to separate that which God has joined together for such a time as this in the building and perfecting of the church on this earth through you and your marriage. Your marriage in all of its perfecting is the presenting of a beautiful package being given to the Lord Jesus Christ according to the word of God. What a gift to present to the Almighty God. Can you now see the beautiful portrait being perfected in you and through you for the glory of God? Can you now see how your marriage, according to the will of God and his word, can be presented to him as a beautiful portrait? Marriage the Lord's way. Are there any questions or any comments?
Amen, Apostle. I just thank and praise God for this teaching on tonight, for the past six teaching, amen, to show us, amen, what marriage should look like, amen, as having God as the head of this thing, that he's the one that joined it together. And I like the part where you say it, it, it can start as a beautiful package there, amen, but it can be torn and broken inside, amen, but amen, as, as we surrender and yield to God, amen, he can fix that thing for us. Yes. Yes, and that, and that's when we come together, sis, and we come together, amen, we're coming together with all of this carnal and this fleshy, fleshly togetherness. But the thing is, not realizing and not understanding the importance of what God is doing, amen. And so when we come together, we're coming together as a beautiful package because we look good on the outside, Amen. And we adorn each other. We make each other look good on the outside. But on the inside, we're torn. We're scorned. We're hurt. Amen. We've been through the the choices of our life, you know, the cares of the choices of our life and the consequences have been hard on many of us. Amen. But yet we present ourselves as a beautiful package. With no with no rubbish, with no hurt, no scars, no nothing. But yet we're bruised, we're hurt, we're torn. You know, we're 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 feeling inferiority. You know, we have inferiority complexes about ourselves. We're jealous, we're envious. You know, we got all kinds of stuff going together, and it makes you wonder why in the world would God bring us together? Amen. But the thing is, he has to do the perfection. We can't do it. God has to do it. If God don't do it, it won't get done. And God will do it because he's purposed and he's planned it to be so. So therefore, for the glory of God, marriage has been set on this earth to exemplify the glory of God and what all God can do to bring two together as one. Amen. So we thank and praise God, amen, for the word of God tonight. And we pray that, amen, that that the word of God has been spoken and that something has been said in understanding that will bring clarity to a situation that has been darkened, to a, a marriage that has been darkened. We pray that something has been said that will bring light, shed more light to a dark situation in the marriage, even though everything else may seem to have lights and new lights here and there, but there's still darkness in certain areas. But the word of God can begin to come in and brighten up every area, every place, every room in that marriage. The word of God can come in and bring in the light, and darkness will have to flee. And that beautiful package becomes the beautiful poetry in Christ Jesus. Marriage the Lord's way. Amen. So we thank God for the lesson. Amen. We thank God for the what God has given us. And again, you know, if there's anyone that, you know, desires the teaching, amen, on marriage the Lord's way to come to their ministry, just contact Personal Touch International Ministry. You can send us an email Go to our site and send us an email. We will be happy to come and bring what God has given us 
and according to marriage, the Lord's way. Father God, we thank and praise you tonight for what you've spoken. We thank you, for God, for the deliverance that you've given unto us. We thank you that the word of God will deliver, that the word of God will not go out of your mouth and return to you, boy. We know, Lord God, that it will accomplish that as it pleases you. Marriage pleases you, Father. Marriage is sacred in your sight. Marriage, O oh God, is holy. And when you're in the midst and we permit you to be in the midst, marriage becomes a covenant, O oh God, with you in the midst and in agreement. So, Lord God, we ask in the name of Jesus, O oh God, as we continue and end this study now, Lord God, but we continue to keep the word of God abreast and force front, O oh God, to guide and lead us in our marriage. God, that we will be perfected and reach that mark of holiness. Hallelujah, God, in holy matrimony, according to thy will. We ask, O God, that those that could not hear tonight, but, O God, put it upon their hearts to go and listen to the recording. O God, and open up the doors of their understanding that they will begin to walk in the truth and into the light of the word of God. Oh, God, bring them out of the darkness that they're in about marriage. Oh, God, bring them out of the rituals and the religious parts of what they think they know about marriage and bring them into the truth, in spirit and in truth. Oh, God, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would remove the scales from their eyes in their marriages. Oh, God, open up their ears, cause them to hear, give them the understanding. Oh, God, help them to remember the word of God and the will of God in their marriage, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you today, and we just thank you for what you've said and done. We thank you for what you're continuing to do in our marriages, because we do believe that you will perfect them in the day of Jesus Christ, oh God, and that you will be able to stand in your perfection in our marriages on this earth. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you. Bring back to our remembrance the word of God, O oh God, as we need it. Hide the word of God in our hearts, O oh God, and let it be settled forever. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen and amen. God bless. Amen.